Hi, welcome to Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and this is episode number 182, Free Will and Addiction. And so, like, as we do, Chandler Klebs is going to be doing a special segment, a 12-minute segment. So, basically, he's going to be explaining to you why just the fact that we get addicted to things, whether it's like to food or to alcohol or to work or whatever, that's a, that's a good way of understanding how we don't have a free will. All right, so like Chandler's going to do his, um, his um, clip, and he's doing a great job, incidentally. These next like three episodes that we're taping today, he's doing um, clips on each of them, and he's like, you know, he's really nailing it. He's really getting the points down. He's, he's doing an excellent job just explaining it. In, in detail. Anyway, so like, um, so, all right, so we'll go to Chandler's clip now, and then we'll go back, and since he covered this so well, I think I'm just going to like talk extemporaneously about other matters related to why we don't have free will. All right, well, take it away, Chandler, and we'll be back after that. Okay, thanks. Hi, I'm Chandler Klebs, and in this video, I want to talk about addiction how people are addicted to things. You know, they might be addicted to smoking cigarettes, they might be addicted to alcohol. Some people are addicted to sex, some people are addicted to religion. Some people, like me, are, are addicted to the, to the topic of determinism and free will. Okay, so I record videos because I'm addicted. Um, so, you know, when you're addicted to something, you keep doing it because there's something you get out of it. You have a desire to do something, and so you keep doing it. There's some reason that you do it, you know. And this is a very important thing to understand, you know, because, like, you could say that, like, I really have never understood people who, you know, smoke or drink alcohol. And so, like, in the past, I was kind of, like, I guess judgmental, like I blame people like, well, these people are so stupid, you know, because they smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and, and all this stuff. And I didn't, and I'm just like, well, why don't they do that? Like, why don't they just quit? Why don't they just quit, you know, wasting their money on things that um, damage their health and all that, you know? And I thought it would just be that easy. You know, I thought that, oh, yeah, anybody could just quit an addiction. But, you know, well, that was because back then I didn't understand the illusion of free will. Like, I didn't understand that it's really a totally deluded concept. Like, because if people had a free will, like, they could make choices independently of anything outside of their control, which includes chemical addictions to a substance. Like, seriously, like people crave, I guess people like, they crave um, cigarettes, they crave alcohol, they can crave, I guess, other drugs like cocaine or whatever. I don't even know that much about drug addiction, so anything I say about drug addiction, don't take it too seriously. I mean, because I've never been addicted to some kind of drug like that, you know? But the point is, I want to apologize to people, like, I mean, sort of, because even though it's not my fault, that I judged them in the past, you know, because it, because it, I was ignorant of the causes. I didn't understand, you know, why people are the way they are. And I thought, hey, people could just quit. Like, yeah, just, just quit smoking, you know. Um, you know, and well, obviously that doesn't work that way. Because if it was that easy for people to quit an addiction like that, 
they would do that. Like if they could, they would. I'm, I'm serious. Like I, I thought about this and I thought, you know, wait a minute. People like who are addicted to smoking cigarettes, like they spend a lot of money on cigarettes, uh, you know. Um, and so obviously that money could be put to better use. The money that they spend on cigarettes could be put to some other use. I mean, they could use it to buy more food or music or episodes of My Little Pony or, or something. They could, they could give that money to someone else who needs it more than them. I mean, there's all kinds of things that they could do with the money if they could make themselves quit smoking. Well, you know, that's why I finally came to the understanding that they can't do it that easily. Now, they may want to. They may want to quit smoking, but that doesn't mean that they can just drop it. Like, there has to, some people need help. Like, you know, um, some people, like, they may go to some special program um, with people who may be trained in helping people um, how to quit an addiction. So, hey, if there's programs like that and they work for you, that's cool, you know, talk to uh, somebody who knows something about that, you know. I'm all for that, you know. Anything, anything that helps people overcome addictions so that they are free from that. Because, you know, I'll tell you what, we don't have free will, but we can still be free from certain things. Many people have gotten over addictions. Like... Like somehow they were able to find the strength they had to get the will, not a free will. That's the thing is, you know, that because there's always a reason. People don't do things without a reason. And you know what? There comes a time when somebody is like, wait, you know, this addiction is ruining my life. So then like, I'm going to do something about it. You know, whatever it takes, they will do something about it. Sometimes they spend a lot of time and money just seeking help to get over their addiction, whatever it may be. So that's great if it works for them. Um, but, you know, that's the thing is if people had a free will, they could just quit. I mean, seriously. I mean, wouldn't that just be nice if people could just get over their addictions? Like, and, okay, you know, I've talked a little bit about alcohol and cigarette addictions, you know. But what about other kinds of addictions? Like, you know, um, I don't know maybe an addiction to a TV show. Well, not really too much of a problem for me. I don't watch TV, you know. Um, but, you know, so, but something else. Like, it, now, if an addiction isn't harming anyone, who cares? Like, if you, if you happen to be uh, addicted to watching grass grow, well, that's fine. I mean, if it's not in interfering with other things in your life, um, and that's fine, but hey, if if you enjoy watching grass grow, well, cool for you. You know, there's lots of grass to watch grow. You know, so not every addiction's bad. I think there can be good and bad addictions, and you know, and how you know the difference between what's good and bad is, hey, what's causing pain? You know, if what you're doing is not hurting you or anybody else, is there's no pain, it's not bad, then I guess it's good. You know, um, so that's really how it works. If it's bringing you you pleasure and nobody else pain then hey you know go for it I mean I guess not every addiction is bad but some of them are um, so I, I mean that's pretty much it I mean 
So, but you know, the point is people don't choose their desires. They don't choose their addictions. And people think they do, you know. And if you think people are choosing their addictions, well, then you got to think, well, wait a minute. How is that? And, you know, that's interesting. Like, if you, like, if somebody went back into the history of somebody is addicted to any type of thing, no matter what that thing is, well, there had to be a cause to start. Well, you know, when did they start smoking? When did they start drinking alcohol? When did they start watching grass grow? You know, what, what, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of addictions. Um, like, yeah, I've heard of something called kleptomania where someone's addicted to stealing. I don't know how that works. But, you know, the point is there's always has to be some point in their life when that addiction started. And that's important to know, like, because if you know how an addiction starts for people and that addiction is harmful, well, then you try to set things up so that the same um, circumstances don't happen for the next generation. You know what I mean? Because that's just it. The problem is the reason that change doesn't happen so easily is because a lot of people make a lot of money off of addictions you know some people are addicted to, to cigarettes some people are, are addicted to alcohol and some people are addicted to pornography I guess um, you know so it's like people who sell these things make a lot of money so they have a financial interest a motive a reason a cause for why they keep promoting these things they want people to be addicted to these things so they keep making money that's their business. And so what it amounts to is like, okay, I understand their reasoning for why they want to make money because that's the way this world's set up. But if the way you make money is one that kills people, well, you know what? I have a problem with that. I think a lot of people have a problem with that when they become addicted to something. Um, and I think all addictions are basically against people's will. They're against their causal will because I mean really there's a lot of bad addictions and if, a, if an addiction hurts people's friendships or it just hurts their health you know and kills them sooner than they would die otherwise well then that's a problem and that's why addiction is so dangerous and I mean I don't know that much about all the kinds of addictions I'm sure there are people who know a lot more about that but Seriously, like if people could just overcome addiction just magically overnight or something, I think they would just all have done that a long time ago. So yeah, I don't think that um, getting over any addiction is easy. I mean, I think there's got to be a way that works for, for people. Um, and it's probably not the same for everybody because, you know, their genetics and their conditioning, their nature and nurture, the way that they are wired, the, the way they got started with their addiction will be different. And the way that they get over an addiction will probably be different, too. So, you know, that's just my thoughts about addiction and how, you know, everything has a cause and we don't have free will. And so it's not as easy for people to get over an addiction to something. Even though in the past, it looked to me like they could just quit. But it doesn't work that way. And that's something I've learned. And so that's just, um, that's just, you know, what I think about it at the time. And so, 
you may agree or disagree, but, you know, hey, that's just one more example of why if we did have a free will, we could probably do things like that that would just be, you know, it'd be so easy. You just quit doing whatever it is that's harming you or somebody else. Life would be so easy and ideal that way. Yeah, but that's not the way it works. Okay, thank you, Chandler. You know, that was an excellent presentation. And again, you know, he, he explained it so well. I mean, like just the, how do you explain addiction? People don't choose, freely choose to become addicted to things, whether it's like alcohol or overeating or watching too much TV or being on the internet or whatever. Recently, I'm addicted to this, well, whatever. <laughs> but uh, no, this internet thing, this app. Anyway, so like, all right. Um, so yeah, he, you know, Chandler explained it really well. I mean, just addiction is just one way of demonstrating. I mean, like if we had a free will, come on, we would not be addicted to things that are harmful to us. You know, we wouldn't overeat, we wouldn't overdrink, you know, just, all right, it's clear. All right, so like, what I'd like to talk about is, I want to talk about what's going on in science in general, because like, I was like, I was at Barnes & Noble yesterday, and I was looking through a Philosophy Now <laughs> magazine, the, I think it was like the December, January issue, and it's got a book review about somebody who, a philosopher has just written a book um, defending free will. And like the argument that this person uses, and I don't, I don't remember, it, I think it's a woman, I don't remember her name, I don't remember the person who wrote it, but, but the idea is um, the argument that this person uses to try to defend free will is that she says, well, you know, like, determinism causality hasn't been proven. I mean, <laughs> you hear this. You, you've heard this for decades. You've heard this for decades. But, and this is an enigma. This is a puzzle. This, this may be even a, a, a bigger puzzle than, than, you know, this idea of free will. You know, why wouldn't have free will? So, I mean, it's, it, why wouldn't have free will? It's so clear. I mean, the puzzle is, like, for example, you would think this, this woman's a PhD. You know, she's like an academic. And so is the person who reviewed it, and, and the, the people on the editorial board of Philosophy Now are all academics with, with PhDs. And you would think that they, un, they would understand that attempting to refute causality, attempting to say that we haven't proved determinism, that, that, you know, that maybe not all things are caused, is a way to defend free will how they can reach that conclusion, conclusion is a mystery because it's so absurd. You know, the simple answer to that is like, let's say, you know, and basically what they're saying, when, they, when, you, when you try to refute causality, what you're saying is some things happen without a cause. You know, nothing is causing them to happen. Our, you know, our, we, our, our, our thoughts are being, you know, uncaused, whatever. And, um, and so like... Basically, they're saying that. So first of all, and, and even like, you know, like, it's, it's almost as if it's magic. They're, they're almost saying that like, well, things just happen magically. But even magic would be a cause, you know. But anyway, like, but aside from that. So, um, I mean, like, if, 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 you, if we were to accept that as a premise, which is so absurd, then what are we left with? We're left with, all right, what we act, what, you know, our decisions, our thoughts, what we do, our actions what are uncaused, you know, that, that's basically, 
That's what you arrive at is if you attempt to deny or refute determinism or causality. <laughs> and, and the absurd thing about that is like the defense for free will is like, well, if what we're doing doesn't have a cause, we are clearly not causing what we're doing. You know, it's uncaused. So a free will cannot be causing, you know, our actions. And how these academics don't get this is beyond me. And... It's, this, isn't, this isn't a trivial matter because, like, these, you know, it's not um, American, Scientific American did an online survey, excuse me, about 4,000 respondents recently. I just um, noticed that um, they posted the results, I think, a week ago or so, whatever. And, you know, among people who go to their site, and you would think they were versed in, in science, only 40% of them understand that free will is an illusion. 60% of these of the respondents to this poll, this, you know, this survey, believe that they have free will. Now that's, I mean, why is this not trivial? I mean, like, you know, this is, this is an age where, you know, again, like I've, I've done shows about this, the, the defining issue of our time for decades, not just for now, but for next decade and decade after that and decade of the, after that, is going to be climate change. You know, and we have answers. You, we, you know, like they are they are coming up with a, a lot of innovations that we can use to um, to basically you know address and mitigate climate change. I mean, like you know to adapt to it, whatever. The answers are there, but the problem is. The problem is that academia, the, the people who are on the chairs of the different philosophy, psychology departments, um, the, 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 the academians, the, the PhDs who are editors of many of the peer-reviewed journals that publish scientific findings, if these people, if these, you know, quote-unquote leaders don't understand that free will is an illusion, if these people don't understand a concept as simple as causality, you don't understand it, refuse to understand it, deny it, whatever, that, that doesn't bode well for our action on climate change because, again, we, we have solutions. We have solutions that can be implemented. We, we need to do more. But the problem is that, for example, like here in the United States, um, Pew Research did a poll in 2014 and they discovered that about 56% of Americans deny that climate change is happening and deny that human beings are causing it. Now, the problem with that is that, like, whether or not how sufficiently we address climate change has a great deal to do with our accepting it and understanding that it's happening. I mean, and, you know, basically, because, like, the reason it's so important is because, like, it's all political. In other words, like, the politicians, as long as people don't get how, how monumental a task it is, again, this is going to be the defining issue for decades, as long as people don't get this, then, um, then we can't do what we need to do about it. And so, like, so you have, like, so here's the thing. So, like, you know, in order to get the, all right, I guess I'll go into this, you know, I've done shows about this, but basically you would think that the issue of free will and climate change are unrelated, but they actually, they are related to, 
to a substantial degree. In other words, like of these 56% of people of Americans who deny climate change, you have to ask yourself, why are they denying it? Okay. One reason might be, well, some of them, I think a very small minority are making a lot of money in oil companies or fossil fuel companies, or, you know, somehow they don't want to believe the climate change is happen happening because like to the extent that they believe it and people believe it, they lose money. You know, their business is in, in conventional energy or whatever. And so like that's one possible source of denial. Another source of denial is that like, well, you know, what scientists say could happen, um, you know, the sea level rise, the, the temperatures rising so that like, you know, in, in, in several decades, um, vast areas throughout the United States will be, will be arid, you know, won't be able to farm in, in other parts of the world, it'd be worse. I mean, like the hurricanes and all, just like the, the predictions, you know, going on, especially even like 50 to, well, the next 50 years, or whatever, they're, they're dire and like going on to like 20, 22nd century, you know, that's, that's like, you know, sea, sea level rise of, of three, six, 12 feet. When you have about, I think 75% of the human population congregated among um, the shores. So like, that means like all these cities, New York, Philadelphia, DC, well, I'm not sure about Philadelphia, but a lot of these cities will be inundated, you know, like, so that would mean like having to kind of like just transport all this, you know, imagine these buildings. I mean, you can't, you know, I doubt you can build um, barriers to the sea level rise, you know, 12 feet, I mean. So anyway, like, it's, it's, it's important, it's, it's dire. And so a lot of people deny that climate change is happening because they can't believe that God, nature, you know, what, whatever is controlling whatever, everything, because like we certainly aren't, uh, would do something like that. Could, you know, there's something like so drastic and serious could, like that could happen. All right, that's another source of denial. But my, my guess is that like at least 10, 20, 30 percent of the denial and that's a substantial. In other words, like you'd think, well, all right, 10, 20, 30 percent of climate change denial, that isn't much. But no, in, in, in our in our climate, in our like, in other words, it's a lot. It, it, you know, if we could just even get those people on board, it'd be a, a substantial increase. So what happens is like I'm running out of time. <laughs> all right. Basically, the reason they're denying this is like the scientists are telling them you of your free will are doing something so heinous, you know, with your, you know, with your driving and, and like, you know, all the things we do to, to create um, carbon dioxide and the, the greenhouse gases that are causing climate change are, are ignoring the issue. You know, scientists telling us you're doing something so horrible and people, you know, we're designed to like, to need to kind of like value ourselves, you know, self-esteem, to have a self-concept of ourselves, not just of ourselves, but of people around us as good people. So like, so this indictment by the scientists is so threatening to people that this is, this is standard psychology. You know, there are, there are, there are studies, there's research. So when people are faced with, with such indictments, very often they deny what, what they're indicted about. You know, they say, so they end up saying, oh, no, no, I can't be, you know, I'm a good person. The people around me are good people. So that means the climate change can't be happening. It means that, um, that we can't be doing something so horrible. Now, how does the free will enter into this? Okay, in order to go into, to feel indicted like that, 
you've got to believe in free will. In other words, like if these people who are experiencing this kind of denial were told by the scientists and then like ultimately believed that they didn't have the, a free will, if the scientists were saying, listen, yes, we're doing this to the planet, but don't feel guilty because it's not our fault, because don't, we don't have a free will, you know, it had to happen the way we did, then, then the hope is that like, the hope is that people would, from that perspective of absolution, of not having to blame themselves and others, be able to like, to not go into the no denial. Again, denial is an unconscious process. People like, they deny climate change, they don't even realize why they're denying it, you know. So what happens is like, so to the extent the scientists tell them, listen, this is happening, we're not causing it. So maybe to the extent that happens, people can look at the evidence object objectively without having to go into denial and understand, understand that like, you know, 99% of scientists are telling us that, that this, this is happening. And, um, and so, yeah, so it, it, it's wise, it, it's just smart, it, it's, it's sane to believe these 99% of scientists. I mean, like, my God, I mean, like, I mean, the evidence for climate change is so, you know, 2014 was the hottest year on, on record. And something like, you know, like, I don't know, 15 out of the last 20 years, some, you know, 18 out of the last 20 years have been the hottest on record and stuff. This is not coincidence, it's, you know, this has reasons. All right, so anyway, this is like, the reason I mention this is like some people say, well, fine, we don't have a free will. It doesn't matter. No, it matters hugely. It's not just about climate change. It's about how we treat each other. You know, on a personal level, when we believe we have a free will, other people do things wrong, we'll blame them. And if, if they believe we have a free will, they'll blame us. And that creates a lot of conflict. It creates a lot of hostility, a lot of vengeance and revenge. You know, it creates uh, an unintelligent, competitive, just like, non-compassionate world where, where people are so busy blaming each other that, that very often, both on a personal and societal level, we never get, get around to like actually thinking enough about what the issues are to, to understand them well enough to solve them. All right, so we, um, I'm tired. I didn't get much sleep last night because um, if I had a free will, I would have fallen asleep when I wanted to. We got less than a minute. All right. Again, thank you, Chandler. I mean, that was great, um, great segment. You know, again, you know, people do not choose to be addicted. You know, who would choose to be addicted to cigarettes? You know, it's, it's absurd. All right, so we'll be back next week. You know, um, next week we're going to talk about randomness. You know, Chandler's got another um, segment on why there actually is no such thing as randomness. And so we're going to, like, related to the free will question. And again, he did an, an excellent job. You know, I checked out the video before. So also, like, we have our Manhattan show. We're live every other week. We're going to be live. Well, you know, this isn't live, but anyway, we're live. So we will be back. And again, we'll be, we'll be doing this until you get this. You know, understand that, like, you know, free will is absolutely impossible. Okay, thanks for watching.